my biggest thing is just you got to start and you just don't look back. You know, that that's where I was so scared to start just because, you know, you're scared of failure. But I just want to encourage everybody, like, if you have something, you know, and if, if it involves making, if it involves any part of this, give it a shot. Throw yourself out there. Get a little vulnerable. And once you start getting that audience, the people who really start tying in, man, it's a blast. It's just so much fun to share and be a part of a community and, and make things that people enjoy. Anything it can be, you know, that it's, it's just really fun. Welcome to the Maker's Garage presented by Carbide 3D. In this episode, we have an opportunity to talk to Jacob Lundquist, maker at Quist Blade Works QV. And you're going to have to hang on to the end to get to what you just listened to. Sometimes the best points come at the end of a conversation, and I love hearing about Jacob's journey, what he's done so far, what he has planned coming forward. He's making incredible knives on the Nomad 3, a passion of his for some time. He's doing excellent work. He's also getting into production and selling his stuff at retail. His business is going several different directions, all of which I think have value to you out there as you continue along your own journey. Enjoy Jacob Lundquist on The Maker's Garage. Maker of sharp objects, master of variants, a Nomad 3 owner who lives in a Minnesota dungeon with his water softener in his furnace, side hustling his way along. Jacob Lundquist, welcome to The Maker's Garage and thanks for, thanks for joining us. Oh, that, that's probably the best intro I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there you go. So you're side hustling. What's your day job? That, that part I didn't catch anywhere. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an engineer, a design engineer by trade. Um, I'm right now in a supervisor role, but um, yeah, been doing product development um, and design for the last 17 years since I got out of college in, in 04. So this is on my wheelhouse. What was your major then? Uh, industrial technology with an emphasis in design technology at uh, university. It's a bachelor of science right here in Bemidji, Minnesota, about central Minnesota. Yeah, you said you just moved to the big city, huh? Minneapolis, giant change for you. Massive. Fewer snowmobiles. Well, uh, very much so, and a ton of people. But I love the amenities. It's pretty pretty fun. You're already in touch with CNC at work, probably, and product development and such. Quist Blade Works is what your business is, and, and why knives. Why I think it started at a very young age. I think I mean when I grew up in the woods. I grew up in Grand Rapids, Minnesota, so up in the woods area, a lot of lakes. And I remember getting my first Swiss Army knife. My dad gave it to me, and about honestly, three seconds after having it, trying to whittle a stick, I almost severed my finger straight off. So that was that was fun. Slip slip joints, you know, they don't lock, so the blade can come yeah. back at you. But I was hooked ever since. I've, I've just been a knife. I always had a pocket knife in my pocket, um, not during school, but on the weekends. Uh, and it's just one of those great tools that when you don't have it, you're always going to need. Um, so I started collecting, started really getting into the mechanics of knives, kind of like really nerding out really in my, probably my thirties, um, before it was just a tool, but then I started understanding the art behind it and the, and the actual engineering and mechanics behind them. And yeah, just about a little over a year ago, I started really going like, I think I'm ready to, I want to make one. Um, so I started doing a lot of doodles. Mm-hmm. And I came, I came upon the variant just by some lines and um, it's not even been a year, but the nomad was my game changer. Honestly, that was like when it all like this is going to actually happen. So, yeah. Why is the nomad the right machine for you? You have a nomad three. It was covered in what appeared to be spice from Arrakis yesterday. <laughs> yes, but, it was. <laughs> uh, yeah. Why was that the right machine? Um, price point was huge. I, I knew I needed something capable for making my scales. Um, my scales, I wanted to be out of aluminum. 
Um, so there's, there's a, that's the prototype number one. Um, this is carbon fiber. Um, and I knew that I needed something with higher spindle speed, can crank through it. I liked the small envelope. I didn't have a huge shop, so I needed it to be small. Um, and it all just collect, you know, it all just came together. When I heard about the Nomad 3 coming out, I, I uh, we're talking to the wife, I'm like, I need this. This is like, this is going to make it happen. Um, it has everything I need and it's capable and I, I can, I can do it. So what, what was her reaction then? Um, she was actually all on board. She's been really supportive, yeah. which has been awesome. And uh, yeah, after nerding out, I do a ton of research on one of those guys. And I watched a lot of Winston videos um, yeah. about the Nomad 883 and really understanding, you know, everything and what I was getting into. And I felt really confident with, with that. Yeah, she's your part-time camera woman when you're getting deliveries of your uh, PE yes. variant, right? The production <laughs> one. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> and, and who's Kyle? And did he get his knife? Kyle, he's up in Canada. He actually got his knife. Uh, okay. The I actually sent him too because Canadians think pretty much everything's a switchblade. Okay. Um, so if you could open the hand, if the knife with a one hand, I had to send him two because the border like wrecked the first one pretty bad. So I actually had to hmm. pick it all apart he actually got it today it was all apart and he had to like put it all back together so they wouldn't take it from him <laughs> oh that's kind of fun okay now variants are your thing where did that come from why is that the the process of the naming convention yeah. for all of your stuff what with the custom i had this crazy idea um that i wanted every single variant to be unique so i didn't i don't want to make the same knife twice ever every single knife's a one-off and i just have I just have so many ideas, you know, I mean, I just can't stop thinking of other combinations of materials and colors that, um, so I just, I mean, I've never made, I made 23 of them right now. And, you know, this is a brand new material, all, all techs from fat carbon. And it's just fun to try new things and try new ideas. And yeah, that's kind of what the variant. You know, so everyone's different. They're all, all a variety. So I wonder that there's only one of every single knife then one of every single knife okay yeah it just says sold out on the site and i had wondered are there three of these are there four or is there one so it's a yeah. single it's a one-off it's a unique object that someone owns everybody owns just well and there might be a people have owned a couple but yeah every knife's a one-off and that's where they're all serialized so it's one through 22 right now i'm working on 23 as uh, as we speak yeah very cool and then why do a kickstarter you did and how did you go about it why go about it not everybody can afford a custom knife. I know what I make, you know, it's, it's, it's one off. So it's a lot of time. I mean, these are like $300 plus they're made out of premium materials, you know, titanium, everything, all the hardware, one of the, some of the best blade steels, L max or S 45 VN and really premium, like carbon fiber and stuff is, is, you know, even aluminum with Cerakoting, it lasts forever. You know, aluminum's I think an underrated material. I think I love aluminum. It, it, it it's lightweight. It's awesome. Can machine it, can anodize it, all that fun stuff. But I know everybody can't afford that. So I really was getting a little bit of a following and I contacted a few OEMs and, and I'm like, I want to design a knife that can be bought by the masses. I can bring the price point way down, use still good materials, but then they get the look and the feel of my knife. And so I contacted QSP and worked with them there in Hong Kong. Yeah, it's just awesome to work with them and raised about $20,000 on Kickstarter. I, I couldn't believe it. It was awesome. I've got them all shipped. I'm like, I'm pretty much out of inventory. I've shipped over 625 knives. It's incredible. 
Oh, that's fantastic. How did you go about finding QSB? When you say you're looking for an OEM, what was that process like to find that company and then get them to even listen to you when you're just a guy in a basement in Minnesota? Yeah, I got that for sure. <laughs> Try to look professional, have a good signature in your in your email. No, a biggest thing, I, I knew three or four OEMs that are in that area of in that price point, um, Best Tech, QSP, Civivi, make knives for people, but they also make all their own knives and their own designs. So I wanted to choose somebody that had good quality and the price point where I was trying to hit and QSP, just emailing them, they treated me like a person to help them. You know, they're going to help me and I'm going to help them. And uh, we designed it together just so I knew their manufacturing processes and they were just awesome to deal with. I dealt with Michelle and, you know, she just back and forth, great communication, just blew it, blew me out of the water with how well it was. I, I, this will not be my last design with them. I am already working on number two. So it's oh, good to hear that number one was a, a success. That's fantastic. Tell me about how you go through your design process. What do you do? Where do you start? And I know that might be changing now. You just got a 3D printer, so that might be adding to it. But what traditionally yeah. has been your way of designing a knife and how many versions has it taken you to get to something that where you're going to make a variant out of? Yeah, that's great. For me, the design process really starts with a pen and paper. I know iPad with the Apple Pencil was a huge game changer for me, just being able to illustrate and draw. So that's really where I started with the variant. I have my first sketches when you say how many designs, I went through dozens of designs and I've catted up probably half a dozen to 10 different knives that I, you know, that I was really trying to get, I'd look good on paper, but then I'd get them in the 3D, you know, and geometry doesn't, wasn't quite working out. We had a 3D printer at my old job that I could, we could actually use. We had to pay for the, you know, pay for the prints, but I actually printed out some knives and for ergos and nothing quite felt right. And then I came across the variant. I just, you know, drew it up, doodled and I went, oh my gosh. Like I knew I had something because like, I want that. I want to buy that right now. It just had something with it. So I did a little bit of CAD work. I actually did Send, Cut, Send. They do laser cutting, which right. is a really, really fun group. So I just got a few prototypes, laser cut out of aluminum and just some carbon steel that I could like rudimentarily put it together. I got the prototype still. And just to like go, oh my gosh, this is, I think this is going to actually work. But how do I make it more real? You know, I, and so I started searching for it. Okay, what can I, what can I control? I can control the scales, you know, I can cut parts lasered. I can't do the blade because I, I don't have this, the, uh, the Nomad can't quite get the low enough torque or speeds, you know, but what, what can I control? What can I outsource? And that's how I, how I married it together with uh, outsourcing my blades, all the processes, but I, I control everything else with the Nomad. And how did you go about finding your blade manufacturer? Well, that was a lot of processes. I contact a lot of other knife makers. So I get them double disc ground and, and water jet out to a blank shape. And then I send them up to another, he's another knife maker and a big EDC. He makes flashlights, like really high-end titanium stuff. And I send them up to him in Canada and he does all the machining for me to bring them into the machine state. And then I get them back here, heat treat them. And then they're ready to finish where, you know, do all the acid etching and polish them all up or do whatever we need to them and then and sharpen them up. So. I control all those individual processes and they all come in together. How many hours a week you spend in doing this? <laughs> uh, not enough because it's, okay. it's way too much. It's way too much fun. Cause I, I mean, honestly, this is like so much joy when you're creating and, and I mean, I love it. Honestly, I sit here and just watch the nomad run. And it's like, let's watch it go. You know, it's just, it's just so much joy creating stuff for right now. Maybe I, I mean, I'm maybe doing 10 and 12 hours a week, you know, spread out throughout the week. Weekends are a little bit heavier. You know, when I can get sink a little more time in, but I got a you know, got a family, we got basketball, got a lot yeah. going on. But it's it's awesome. This is my happy place, my my dungeon. Your dungeon. <laughs> 
How do you go about setting your pricing? I know that's something for a lot of makers. It's a huge question. How do I price my object? Do I price in my time? Am I pricing materials appropriately? What multiplier should I add for design? Do you have a formula or are you guessing or what are you doing? Yeah, it comes probably a lot of with the history of product development in you know bigger companies, just learning how they did pricing. For myself, you know, I, I can't, in my head, I can't, I can't count my overhead. I can't count me right now. I have my day job. So I'm, I have a spreadsheet of every single penny that goes into a knife, you know, material wise, shipping. I have custom boxes, you know, little stickers, every little thing that can go into that thing, I have that total. And then I'm trying to get a nice profit to go towards the next one. I, I mean, I only have a, probably a 30% multiplier right now, which is a little guy, but it helps, you know, I try to make about a hundred bucks on a knife, but they do cost me, honestly, that blade with all the processes that I just talked about, my cost is a hundred dollars to get it back to me finished, yeah. you know, before I even touch it. So that's where people, you know, the precious metals. Yeah, it is. They're really, they're really hard to come by to get them into this state. Titanium, the pivots are like, that's 15 bucks. That little, those two pieces of titanium, you married all together. I try to get that 300 some depending on the scale material. And, and I feel really good about it right now. I, I know I you know, can't go much higher than that with my materials, not being solid titanium and whatnot. But it's, what do you do? It's, to a, it's a guess. <laughs> yeah. What do you do to deflect the negativity? I can hear a little bit of it in there. And it's present in a lot of places about the quote value proposition of what you're selling. Yeah. That's hard. Cause I get a lot of questions from the family too. Like what's unique about it. It's just a knife, you know, and really it's, it's aesthetics. I think they buy into the story. I do a lot of sharing, you know, I think really yeah. people like, like to know like, Oh, I'm supporting Jacob, you know, he, I'm helping him out, yeah. you know, and I try to share and help the community. I try to send out videos that'll help them. Like I just did a couple about sharpening, how I sharpen my knives, how I dye the blades black, you know, going through that whole process. I went through my whole design journey, part one through five about bringing this thing to life. Um, so that's the value. I think they're, Buying me, buying something that they know I'm putting my heart and soul into. I'm, I want to provide them the best product they can get. And in the, even in the production, you know, I, I hand check every production. I, I want to make sure they're getting exactly what I promised. That's kind of what I see. Is it unique? It's, it's a unique design. Swaybacks are not common. They're very classic. My knives don't have a clip. That's a like, ooh, you know, people well, like freak out about that. Yeah, but, you're, uh, a, you're a noted anti-clipite. <laughs> yeah a little bit um but once you use a knife without a clip it's like the most it's a dream you, know, you don't have any hot spots in your hand my knives come with a really nice custom leather slip that is incredible all handmade in minnesota so that's that's an fun. toughest material you've worked with titanium oh, okay i thought it was gonna be copper well, copper gave you hell oh my gosh copper gave me if, if you talk about like how yeah copper would be in being beyond scared i was going to destroy my machine like i was like trying to fine tune the speeds and feeds i had to hit the little button a couple times to like stop it <laughs> like <laughs> stop going i needed to be done <laughs> nothing happened i'm honestly on my i i'm on my first nomad i mean spindle it's been great i i've had just the best luck but copper gave me he double hockey sticks that's a that's a fact you said you're working with dealers now what does that look like what does that mean yeah, I was, I uh, cold called them. I, I reached out on, on Instagram of all things. So everything's really, the knife community is really, really well knit with Instagram. Facebook too. I, I haven't been on Facebook for a couple of years, which has been a bliss. But <laughs> Instagram is a really fun community for the EDC. Just cold called them. 
shot him a bunch of pictures that I had, kind of told him my story, like hey, I did a Kickstarter, raised $20,000, and I had this new knife. I would love to send you a couple. So I send, you know, send him samples yeah. and let me know what you think. And I've already, I've sold out on Knife Joy. This is the second time. They're a really big dealer up and coming. And then Urban EDC Supply, and they have 166,000 followers on Instagram. I'm on them this week. They do weekly drops. So I'm like, I hit this week, which is going to be super exciting. Now you're down to black knives, right? That's the all jade I got. And the I, got blue are gone. I, okay. I do have a couple, um, but I want to do some really special things with them. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm out. I'm like, I can't believe I'm out. That's fantastic that, that you've been able to get into, I guess, more normal retail channels. And how will that alter your business? Do you think, how will that alter your time commitment? Is that something or a direction mm -hmm. you want to go? I have to admit it was a lot of fun designing something and then having it come here and I ship it. <laughs> that was enjoyable, but I have to, I need to be a maker too. Like I have a new design. I'll be prototyping it all in a nomad, maybe getting quick things with the 3d printer. But when I, I'm going to make a full aluminum version so I can really feel the, the hardness and the, and, and the detent. And I have some big plans for the next version three of the variant custom as well that mm -hmm. are going to be on here. I just with, some titanium, but I, I, I'm going to just engrave really lightly into the tops of the scales to make some really cool patterns and do some anodizing that I can't leave. You know, I, I love the, the artistic part of it. The retail was fun, intimidating, but fun. The one-on-one -on -one interactiveness of the customs is like, I can't give that up either. It's just so much fun talking with somebody with their build, you know, and what they want out of it. That's just a blast. Have you been able to get the kids down there or how old are they? Yeah, I got um, 15 down to 10. My, my 10 year old is my first employee. I had a little video. He was actually running the Nomad, cutting okay. my, little foam, my little foam inserts that I put in the boxes for the custom. So I just did double-sided tape, you know, I'm like, okay, I walked him through it. It's just one tool, eighth inch end mill. I said, when it gets done, you know, let it, let it clear, open the door, do this, 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 load the new one, hit this button. You know, this is awesome. He ran like eight of them and I could, I could go... Uh, Take my other kid to basketball practice while he ran all those parts. So it was just, it was great. That's awesome. I love it. I love that they get down there. It's, it's kind of gone in waves for me. Mine are now 19 and 17 and they were in at first and they were out. And, uh, now they're, now they're maybe going to be in. The older one's a, an ME major at Santa Barbara. So sweet. I've, I've been considering getting him a five axis. Yeah. That's the, the little one, but the one Winston has, I've been thinking about getting yeah. one of those, but that'd be a pretty big commitment just to get him thinking about how to use the real Haas that we have. Right. And that's where, that's where my, my, my current job, we have all Haas machines. Um, yeah. So it, it, we have VF4, two VF4s, a VF5, two, and then a lathe. Um, one with a fifth axis. Yeah. It is a great thing. I think as a designer, I went from design to manufacturing back to design. And that made me a much better designer, knowing how things are made, where you start really thinking of, you can draw anything, but how are you going to hold that part? How many axes, how many flips do you have to do? What's your injection molding? How are you going to pull it? Like when I was designing this knife, I was machining everything in my head. You know, as I, as I built it, I'm like, okay, how many tools am I going to have? I remember writing down, okay, how many tool changes do I need to do? You know, I want to lessen that. I want to stack up as much in one tool that I can the other. So that's, that's great that you're, maybe good to get, get, get them thinking and, and even just get them into the shop, seeing how these CNCs mm -hmm. are made would be would be massive. Manufacturing engineering is great. Yeah, it's an excellent point you make about making something in the physical world. I know talking to some ME people, they get caught in the design side and they never make anything. And mm -hmm. that was that's one of the driving forces behind some of them is like, yeah, like you, I want to make something. I don't just want to design it. I want to actually touch it. And it does change the way you think. And 
I've also tried to explain to people, it's different to make one of something, make a lot of <laughs> one of some things, but to make then 20 of that is a whole different kind of process. But then to make a thousand is a different process. To make a hundred thousand is a completely different process. And most times Man. what you do for one will not work even to the next step of 20. And no. then forget, and none of it works by the time you get to a hundred thousand. And you're going to make mistakes on the way too. I thought I had all my fixturing figured out the first go around and I had to revamp. I did like two of them and went, that doesn't work. I had to revamp everything and recut my fixtures, recut how I did located everything on the flip because flipping parts is maddening sometimes. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's got that great little vice, but I couldn't quite use that for what I was trying to do. But yeah, that's where I can now make one of something over and over again. But if I wanted to like really scale up, I would think about everything in a completely different way. If I had a Haas making these things, I would, you know, be a whole different animal of fixturing and ideas of how you would hold everything down and efficiencies. But this gets you thinking. <laughs> sure does. Yeah. We covered a little bit of this, but what's next? Where are you headed with your efforts? So next I am right now trying to figure out what to do with the variant. Like I'm out. I never thought these, I didn't know these would go like this. They went gangbusters way faster than I ever imagined. So how do I get more stock? You know, I don't, I don't have $20,000 to buy another 600 of them because they have minimum order quantities. It's another thing that people don't think about minimum orders. Yeah. They're not, they're not going to make just one QSP. They, they want to make 600 of these. So that makes sense for them. So I'm trying to think through those aspects. I have a new model that I'm working on. I do batches of 12. I, I do have a lot of interest in it. So I'm really trying to figure out how do I make more of these more efficiently? So I'm looking at my efficiencies. I'm looking at my tooling, can I kind of rotate my fixture and get two of them? Right now, I just do one scale set every time. Can I, you know, figure out a way to get two every time? That that would be boom, twice as much productivity right there. Save a lot of time mm -hmm. with the tool changes. That's kind of where I'm at. The efficiencies, ramping up production. I'd love to get a just get more throughput. I I, I know this isn't going to be a full time job, but the side hustle it's just great just for the family life. It helps those little extra things. Christmas shopping felt pretty darn good. You know, everything was going really well this year, so. Thank goodness for, for what, what Chris Bladeworks brought forth. Where can people find you? Uh, website is ChrisBladeworks.com, Q-V-I-S-T, Bladeworks.com. And Instagram is where I share everything, Fist underscore Bladeworks. I'm a big share. So you might get sick of me. I apologize right now. But <laughs> Why Q-V? Well, that's my surname. So I'm Lundquist. If you go back yep. in the lineage, the original surname back in you know Scandinavia was Q-V-I-S-T. Um, so I just really leveraged it. There's a Justin Lundquist in the knife community. He's an incredible, like super famous knife designer. J-L, Justin Lundquist, Jacob Lundquist. I couldn't go there. You know, I, yeah. Just, yeah. I, I had a J-L logo already in my head and I couldn't go Lundquist. So I really stripped it back. I love the letter V too. I love the movie V for Vendetta. My, if you look at variant 005, I had way too much fun with that thing. I, it's all V for Vendetta. I yep. did a, an epoxy inlay. I, I inscribed the November quote inside the scales. You have to take it apart to read it. Yeah. So that's kind of where it just all kind of culminated into that. So QVIST. Ah, it is V for Vendetta there with the rose in the background. I see. Okay. Yeah. I had wondered why that one had so much more to it. I, makes I, perfect sense. Anything with anything with fives is going to have something special. I'll let you know that. Anything with fives, like a twenty-five is going to come up. Fifteen, yeah. It, it, they, I'm trying to work out little special things when I when I get those. Copper waves, gold member, copper aspirated. Okay, uh, that's cool. You're coming up with yeah. some cool names here. I like that. And I'm back to copper <laughs> a couple times. I did. I, it was 
it's so good. I love the material. I really do. It comes out. The patina is incredible. I got to work on my speeds and feeds a little bit more. <laughs> a little so, bit? Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. That's on me. That's not on the Nomad. That's not, that's on me. I love it. All right. How do people get in the lottery? And the lottery, if you win, you have the chance to buy the knife, right? Yeah. That, that's how the knife community really works with us small makers is people put in, yeah. they comment in, and then that's your chance. If you get picked, you get to buy it. I'm starting to run those on Instagram and I'm starting to run them on my website as well. So just okay. a little sim- simple Google form, you type in your thing and then I do a full random lottery over lives. So you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, pulling right, anybody's wool yep. over their eyes. Yeah. Those are really fun. Cause you get like, everybody gets, gets involved and gets in the chat. And it's a good time. Stick with the wheel. The wheel is way better than the random generator. The Thank wheel you. was cool. I, the wheel was fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it was entertaining to watch. That was good. That was good. <laughs> what have we covered um, that people should know about Vist or about you or about your, your journey making stuff? My biggest thing is just you got to start and you just don't look back. You know, that that's where I was so scared to start just because, you know, you're scared of failure. But I just want to encourage everybody, like, if you have something, you know, and if, if it involves making, if it involves any part of this, give it a shot. Throw yourself out there, get a little vulnerable. And once you start getting that audience, the people who really start tying in, man, it's a blast. It's just so much fun to share and be a part of a community and, and make things that people enjoy. Anything it can be, you know, that it's, a, it's just really fun. Jacob Lundquist from the prairies of Minnesota. <laughs> the tundra right yeah. now <laughs> here yeah the frozen tundra of minnesota to your living room or in your car wherever you may be here on the maker's garage thanks for making time for us appreciate it i appreciate it really a lot and uh yeah you take care thank you thanks for listening to the maker's garage presented by carbide 3d